sometimes when I've sat where you are in the congregation and the reading has been read out, I've thought, you know, I'm not really sure what that means. I'm not really sure I understand it. And <clears throat> on occasions I've felt that after the sermon as well. But anyway, some of the Bible is very difficult to understand. Take Revelation as an example with lambs with seven eyes and all sorts of things which seem strange and incomprehensible. Well, today is the first Sunday of the new school year. And for some, that will be a relief that the holidays are over. For some, it will be an anxious time, starting a new school, perhaps embarking on a new qualification, seeing final exams looming only a few months away. For others, teachers, for example, getting back into the teaching mindset, dealing with all the other stuff that surrounds the teaching bit now. So I thought all that seems a bit intellectually demanding. So let's look at one of the most straightforward, but rarely preached on, books in the Bible. The book of Proverbs. Now we know that the Bible itself is a collection of 66 books. A list that was only settled on about 400 years after Jesus' birth. The book of Proverbs almost didn't make it in. But it scraped in. Part of the reason is that <clears throat> there are some glaring contradictions. And there are all sorts of arguments about references to goodness, which I'll talk about in a minute. But the book of Proverbs isn't even a single book in itself. It's often known as a collection of collections. We're going to look at Proverbs 13 today. That's in the second collection attributed to Solomon. So, who was Solomon? Well, Jesus mentions him um, as recorded in Matthew chapter 6. One of my favorite passages. Why do you worry about clothes? Look at the wildflowers in the fields. See how they grow. They don't work or make clothes for themselves. But I tell you that even Solomon, the great and rich king, was not dressed as beautifully as the one of these flowers. So, he was a great and a rich king. In fact, the last king of the United Kingdom is Israel. He's mentioned not only in the New Testament there, but in the Old Testament, even the Quran. Rich, certainly. A single year, according to 1 Kings 10:14, Solomon collected tributes amounting to 666 talents of gold. It's a very good biblical number, that, isn't it? So what's a tribute? Well, it's a, it's a sort of a, a gift in kind, often as a sign of respect. So these were kind of offerings to him. It's in one way where we get the word to pay tribute to someone. So how much is 666 talents? Well, I looked it up. And the current gold price, £37,376,702.08. 
So that's quite a lot of gifts, really, isn't it? 37 million quid. He had a lot of wives. 700. (laughs) Thankfully, they didn't celebrate Valentine's Day. King Solomon sinned by acquiring many foreign wives and horses because he thought he knew the reason for the biblical prohibition and thought it didn't apply to him. So when Solomon married the daughter of the Egyptian pharaoh, well, things started going wrong and Solomon gradually lost more and more prestige until he became like a commoner. So we're going to look at uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 13. There's still argument about whether he actually wrote these or not, but uh, they're often attributed to him. So um, going to have Janet reading Proverbs 13. And this is from the easy read version, by the way. Proverbs 13. A wise son listens to his father's advice, but a proud son will not listen to correction. People get good things for the words that they say, but those who cannot be trusted only say bad things. People who are careful about what they say will, live their, will save their lives, but those who speak without thinking will be destroyed. Lazy people always want things but never get them. Those who work hard get plenty. Good people hate lies, but wicked do evil, shameful things. Goodness protects honest people, but evil destroys those who love to sin. Some people pretend they are rich, but they have nothing. Others pretend that they are poor, but they are really rich. The rich might have to pay a ransom to save their lives, but the poor never receive such threats. The light of those who do right shines brighter and brighter, but the lamp of the wicked becomes darker and darker. Pride causes arguments, but those who listen to others are wise. Money gained by cheating others will soon be gone. Money earned through hard work will grow and grow. Hope that is delayed makes you sad, but a wish that comes true fills you with joy. Those who reject command hurt themselves. Those who respect a command will be rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a source of life. Their words will save you from from deadly traps. People like a person with good sense, but life is hard for someone who who cannot be trusted. Wise people always think before they do anything, but fools show how stupid they are by what they do. Disaster will catch up to the wicked messenger, but a runner who who can be trusted will bring peace. If you refuse to learn from your mistakes, you will be poor and no one will respect you. If you listen when you are criticised, you will be honoured. People are happy when they get what they want, but stupid people want nothing but evil and they refuse to change. Be friends with those who are wise and you will become wise. Choose fools to be your friends and you will have trouble. Trouble chases sinners wherever they go, 
but good things happen to good people. It is good to have something to pass down to your grandchildren, but wealth hidden away by sinners will be given to those who live right. The poor might have good land that produces plenty of food, but bad decisions can take it, can take it away. If you don't correct your children, you don't love them. If you love them, you will be quick to discipline them. Good people will have plenty to eat, but the wicked will go hungry. Amen. Thank you. So you'll notice that the book of Proverbs isn't like the books we normally look at. It doesn't have a story. It doesn't have a narrative. It's like a scattering of fortune cookies. So I'll try and group these into a couple of topics. So let's start with trust. Quite a few on trust. Now remember, this was written over 2,000 years ago. So people get good things for the words they say, but those who cannot be trusted say only bad things. Do I need to mention fake news? Those who are constantly trying to undermine those who are telling the truth, calling fake news and failed publications. Is that an example of those who can't be trusted? Some people pretend they are rich, but they have nothing. Others pretend they are poor, but they are really rich. I remember listening to a program where they interviewed a lady who used to sell multi-million pound yachts. She said she often tried to guess the people who were rich enough to buy them, looking at their shoes and their bags, or this designer show they were rarely able to buy. It was usually someone who arrived in jeans and a t-shirt. If you watch things like Can't Pay, Then We'll Take It Away, often they will arrive at a very nice house, but the occupants have no money to pay. Money gained by cheating others will soon be gone. Money earned through hard work will grow and grow. Sadly, there are fraudsters who will try and cheat us out of our money. From fake charities to fake emails asking for money, apparently from a friend in dire need. In fact, I've had one of these. It's part of uh, Barclays' advert at the moment. But that money is easy come easy go. People like a person with good sense, but life is hard for someone who cannot be trusted. People are trustworthy. People who are trustworthy is something we learn to recognize even before we can speak. I didn't realize this until yesterday. There's a great illustration on TV at the moment. There's a documentary about the brain, and they have this, um, this little puppet show they show to children who are only 12 months old and there's two puppets of a bear, two bear puppets and one of a duck and the duck is trying to get into the box and one bear opens the box and the other bear closes the box and they show this to the children and then they offer the two bears to the child as to which one they want to play with and they almost all play with the one who's been helpful to the duck already they're making judgments about people even before you can make uh, even before you can say anything 
I remember having a conversation about trust with Andrew, our previous minister, who said that in his mind, trust was very much like a wall, gradually built up brick by brick over time. When something undermines that trust, then it's as though part of that wall has been knocked over. Whilst it might not have been obliterated, the wall will take time to rebuild. I'm sure you've met people who say, well, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could spit him or throw him or whatever other action you want to do. But what should we do as Christians? Well, Luke 16, verses 10 to 13, Jesus is talking about the um, dishonest manager and he says, whoever can be trusted with small things can also be trusted with big things. Whoever is dishonest in little things will be dishonest in big things too. If you cannot be trusted with worldly riches, you will not be trusted with true riches. And if you cannot be trusted with things that belong to someone else, you will not be given anything of your own. You cannot serve two masters at the same time. You will hate one master and love the other. Or you will be loyal to one and not care about the other. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. There's also quite a few of those proverbs about goodness and honesty. Good people hate lies, but the wicked do evil, shameful things, which seems quite straightforward. And in fact, Jesus says in John 8, yes, the devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. Goodness protects honest people, but evil destroys those who love to sin. Goodness protects people. And this was one of the reasons why the book of Proverbs almost didn't make it into the Bible. Is goodness God? Is goodness Jesus? Surely Jesus is more than goodness. Evil certainly destroys those who love sin. From Romans 1. People did not think it was important to have a true knowledge of God. So God left them and allowed them to have their own worthless thinking. As they do what they should not do. They're filled with every kind of sin, evil, greed, hatred. They're full of jealousy, murder, fighting, lying, thinking the worst things about each other. They gossip and say evil things about each other. They hate God. They're rude, proud, brag about themselves. They invent ways of doing evil. They don't obey their parents. Which brings us to the first verse. A wise son listens to his father's advice, but a proud son will not listen to correction surely appropriate at the beginning of school term but initially that sounds a bit like the prodigal son but his actions caught up with him but what about us and God the Father do we listen to God only when we agree with what he has planned for us the light of those who do right shines brighter and brighter but the lamp of the wicked becomes darker and darker remember that this is the Old Testament that there's a different relationship with God. Proverbs suggests that it's all about doing the right thing. It'll make your light shine brighter and brighter. But it's not about being nice to people. It's what inside that produces this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, it says in Corinthians. But they will all, they're all from the same spirit. There are different ways to serve, to serve. But we serve the same Lord. And there are different ways that God works in people. But it is the same God who works in all of us to do everything. Something from the Spirit can be seen in each person. The Spirit gives us this to each one to help others. 
If you refuse to learn from your mistakes, you will be poor, and no one will respect you. And if you listen when you are criticized, you will be honored. I think we can all learn from that. But some of the Proverbs make much more uncomfortable reading. Good people will have plenty to eat, but the wicked will go hungry. I don't think you should say that to somebody in a food bank. So if you ever feel that picking up the Bible means lots of complicated ecclesiastical conundrums, have a read of Proverbs. Just read one a day. This can be your homework. It's only a couple of lines. What does it mean to me? How does it link to what Jesus teaches in the New Testament? And then pray about it. Now, even though it's past the summer holidays and I'm allowed more than 15 minutes, some people will be looking at their watch. When is he going to finish? I really want to sing the next song. Well, as it says in Proverbs, hope that is delayed makes you sad, but a wish that comes true fills you with joy. So let's sing.